Welcome to the Parkway Life Church Podcast. Thank you for taking time to let God's Word impact you. Always encouraged to know God is touching lives through this ministry. Please visit parkwaylife.com to let us know. You can also hit the giving tab to sow into the ministry that you are experiencing. Now, prepare your heart to hear a word from God today. I'm talking today about feeling tense, feeling tense. And I want to speak to you and try to really, really, really minister into an area that really needs help in this age and this time that we're living in. Today I want to talk about an emotion we've all dealt with in varying degrees. Degreases. That's when you, you grease something and you degreases it. <laughs> varying degrees. And, and that is anxiety. Anxiety. Anxiety is one of those things that, like last week we talked about feeling low, talking about depression, feeling tense and dealing with anxiety is another one of those topics that has a lot of unique parts to it. What do you have anxiety about? If I ask that today and did an open mic today, you might hear some of the following. You might hear money. Money, I, man, I have a lot of anxiety, anxiety around money. Or, or maybe being alone is one of those things that you would say I have anxiety about. Or the future, or being accepted by others, or going to the doctor, or whether you're truly living out God's purpose for your life. Or maybe I have a fear or anxiety about losing control or being able to find the right spouse, or being able to have a child, or losing a spouse, or even losing a child, failing as a parent. All of these things are things that you might would write down as saying, these are areas where I have felt anxiety, or those things may not be on your list, but you have a list. Everybody is touched by degrees of anxiety or feeling tense in our life. Anxiety is one of those problems that gives birth to all kinds of other problems. It's like when a fire is started in the house and it begins to spread and break out into other parts of the house super, super quick. It's the same way that anxiety works. Think about how many sins are connected to anxiety. Let me give you an example of how many things that can turn into sin that are connected to anxiety. So for instance, if you have uh, an anxiety about money or struggle or anxiety with money, what happens? You're going to start hoarding or stealing money. What if you have an anxiety about what others think about you? Listen closely. If you have anxiety about what others think about you, watch what this happens. You will start to stretch the truth or even lie. Because anxiety can spread, it can start, it can turn into other things that you end up dealing. I'm dealing with primarily today, like I did last week, and will be throughout this series, the spiritual root of the emotion that we're dealing with today in my fields, the spiritual root behind these. And so I know there's a lot of different parts to anxiety, but I'm dealing with that spiritual cause of it. So I'm going to give you three things. In our text that Macy read, Jesus makes three main points about anxiety. 
And I had her read this, and I'm not going to go back and read all of this text, but I will handpick certain texts out of what she read to kind of amplify here today. But Jesus is speaking here, and this is in on the, this famous message called the Sermon on the Mount. And he's speaking here in Matthew chapter 6 with three main points about anxiety. The first thing that I want to bring out is that anxiety thinks too little of God. And I gave you the scripture of where I'm getting this from on, on up here because I want you to maybe go, if you're taking notes, to go back and study it out of Matthew 6. But anxiety thinks too little of God. Jesus teaches that anxiety is an emotion that is intimately connected to our deepest Desire. See, so you think that this thing rose up here and I've got anxiety over it and it's just about what just cropped up in the moment. No. Anxiety leads back to some of our deepest desires in our life. And I'm going to try to prove that with the word, the word of God. Let me, let me see. I'm going to put this on the screen for you. This. Listen to this. We worry the most. We worry the most about what we are devoted to the most. You need, you need to get that. We worry most about what we're devoted to most. So what you're devoted to is your deep, deep desires in your life. So your anxiety is not just about this little bitty thing that just cropped up. That's, that's kind of the smoke from the fire. But what is really creating the anxiety? It's what you are devoted to. Let me, let me, let me prove that real quick about about that, what you, you know, you worry most about what you're devoted to the most. Let, 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 let me prove that. And I, I, don't, I don't really, I'm sorry to tell you this, and this may offend some of you, but I don't really worry about what your kids are making in their grades. I know you do. But I don't worry. I, I love your kids. I believe in your kids. But I just don't have the time to devote what your kids are making in their grades. You say, Pastor. And it's Pastor Appreciation Month. So let me ask you this. Do you worry about what my kids are making on my, on my kids are making on their grades? You don't. You don't. You could care less. Oh, Lord, bless them. Let them do real good. We'll pray for them and quick passing. But let me tell you something. You're not devoted to that. And that, that's, that's, there's nothing wrong with that. But you parents worry about that stuff, probably because we're paying for it. But parents were, yeah, you throw money in there and you really get devoted to something. Boy, I could preach on that. Oh, Jesus will here in a second. So, so you, you know, all of a sudden I'm interested in what my kids are making in college, what their scores are, what their, oh, I'm devoted to them. I'm devoted to what's going on in their life. And so Jesus really jumps in right at the beginning and says, I'm going I'm to I'm tackle this thing about what you're devoted to because it ties up into your anxiety and the worry in your life. Verse 24, he says, no one can serve two masters. It's just you're not going to do that. You're not going to serve two masters for either he will hate the one and love the other or he will, look at here, this is the key word, he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and Money. Oh, he just went ahead and went there. 
Like, okay, let me deal with anxiety, let me deal with worry. So if we're gonna deal with these things, let me jump in the big boy on the block. Let's deal with the money side first because a lot of us are dealing with issues with anxiety based around some form of situation with money. He said, if you're devoted to money, if you're devoted to money, then that's what you will worry about all the time. Because it's in the deepest desire. You'll constantly be thinking. Everything that pops up in your life and you struggle with in life, you'll be devoted to the money if that's where your anxiety and all of that lays around. And Jesus says the key to fix that so, so you can get rid of this tension in your life, this struggle in your life, he says this in verse 33 of the same Matthew 6. He said this is how you fix this situation when you're devoted to money and that becomes the anchor that all of your tension is around. Here it goes, here it goes. This is gonna fix it. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all all these things will be provided to you. I'm gonna calm you down. I'm gonna take the tension off. I'm gonna be a help to you. I'm gonna let there be peace in this world, but you have got to be devoted to me and my house first to fix the other issues. Somebody say, praise the Lord. In other words, in this word, I want you to be devoted to God. I want you to be devoted to God. I want you to focus on obeying him with your money. If you obey him with your money, God says, I'm going to take care of everything else. I'm going to take care of all of the tension and the stress. I'm going to deal with it. You know why? Because I've laid this at his feet, and I step away, and I say, God, I'm doing my best but I need you to make up the difference. And when it, and I want you to follow what Jesus' pattern is here. Listen, listen closely, because you're saying, well, I don't have any problem with money. I, I, I don't, I, listen, I want you to follow Jesus' pattern here, because he, you can apply this in every, every area. You, when it comes to money, when it comes to parenting, when it comes to marriage, when it comes to education, when it comes to career, I am, I, it's a, and there's a litany of things that we worry about. When it comes to all of these things, he said this, I want you to do the best of your ability. I want, to, I want you to, I want you to be, do, put your heart in it. In other words, if it's money, yes, I want you to put me first and then I want you to supply, I want you to try to take care of retirement, I want you to do all these things. But once you've done your best, I want you to step back and if you've obeyed, been obedient to me, I want you to trust me with the results and don't stress about it. I got this, I got this. But a lot of us are saying, I got this, but we never did the other part of seeking first the kingdom of God. And so in your parenting, seek first the kingdom of God. In your career, seek first the kingdom of God. Every area, what am I saying? Your deepest desire has got to be your devotion to God. Please understand that. Please understand. So in all of their parenting, my deepest devotion has got to be to the kingdom of God, the love of God, the power of God. I've got to, that, that's got to be my deepest desire. I know this because my parents' deepest desire 
was that they would tune me into God before my physical health, before they, how great my education was, and they, they believe in all of that. But the number one thing they were focused on is, to, one, having me in the house of God, making sure I was there, making sure I was in the presence of God. I would hear my mom and my dad pray over me. They were, they were preparing my heart. They were getting me ready, making sure that above all else, they put God first in their parenting. And the reason that I'm standing in front of you today is somebody put, put God first in my life. That my deepest desire, not that I'm perfect, I'm not trying to give all that bull, that's not what I'm saying, but my devotion had to be first to God. So, so we, we shouldn't stress about, did, did, I, did I handle that conversation correctly? I, I've been there, I've been there. I went through a little season, a long season, until somebody called me out on it. Sometimes you don't see your blind spots and you need friends, you need community to help you in that. And somebody called me out on it real close to me, like some of my family, like my brother. (laughs) (laughs) Called me out on it and said, because I would talk to people on the phone and have this big conversation and then I'd call them right back and go, man, I'm sorry about that. I didn't mean to say that. I hope that came out right. That's anxiety. That's tension. That's worry. And so what I've got to get back, did I, did I handle that conversation? Did I say everything I was supposed to say? Did I make the right decision? What are other people really thinking about me? We, we, we do our best and trust God with the results. And so when my brother called me out, I go, man, I, that's on my own nerves. I'm, that's driving me crazy. Why am I doing that? And still to this day, I'll get off the phone and my first intention is going, Oh, I should have said something. I mean, as a pastor, you're always, you know. And so I'm sitting there, oh. But I got to step back and go, listen, I was trying to help. I was trying to do, and I did the best I could, and God makes up the difference. That don't mean I go into the conversation, I just block and expect, okay, God, you do the cleanup. I don't mean that, but I do my best. I give, put my heart in what I'm saying, do my best and step back and go, I made sure that I put my, my heart, my intent of my heart was right and I'm gonna own that. And I quit, I quit making all the calls back. So if I offend you now in conversations, go to God with your tension because I'm not gonna call you 47 times. I can't do that. My heart can't handle that. And so when I get off, you have to trust the fact that I love you, that I believe you. My heart was that I wanted the best for you. Can you understand that? I'm not mad at you. I'm not angry at you. I'm pulling for you. I wanna see you go to heaven. That's what you've gotta look at. And that's what we look at when we look at God in all of the areas of our life. We have to say, God, I'm doing my best and I'm asking you to help take up the, the rest because I can't carry the tension from day to day to day to day. Is this helping anybody? Anxiety, listen, anxiety thinks too little about God. Anxiety is not putting God up in the equation. It thinks too little about God because it's not devoted to God because it elevates, and Jesus is saying that with the money he's laying out of, it elevates the obtaining of other things besides him as the essential element. And Jesus is saying that with his money. He's like, you're elevating that above the devotion to me. There's nothing wrong with money. There's nothing wrong with all the things we're talking about. There's nothing wrong with that. It's that you're elevating that and now you're devoted to that 
and you're not devoted to me, you're thinking too little about God. The second thing I want to talk about today is this. Anxiety minimizes how much God thinks of me. He's saying, if God cares for birds and begonias, he cares about you. He, he did all this Matthew 6 and he's saying, I care about the birds and I care about the flowers and I love them begonias. All of these things to say, listen, he, it's called lesser to greater. He's talking about the lesser thing so that you know that you're the greater thing. If I care for this, you know I care for you. If he counts the hairs on your head, well, you know, you see it? He, it's the lesser to the greater. He's saying, I'm so invested in your life. I want you to look at Romans 8, 32, and this is the ultimate investment. This is how much God thinks about you. Romans 8, 32, this is the ultimate investment. Here we go. He, did, he who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for who? Us all. How will he not also with him graciously give us all things? Man, that's good stuff right there, people. That's the word of the Lord. He said, I gave up my son. This reminds me of uh, when you, my kids were younger, we'd go to vacation and we went to Disney World a few times and y'all will know this story, whether it's Six Flags or wherever. And, and, and I'd take them to Disney World and man, we're playing, we're, you know, it's, it's amazing time. And then we hit the evening time and, and we pass up our normal dinner time and my kids go into this, Dad, Dad, are we not gonna eat dinner? I mean, you're just like, I mean, you're like, I'm, I brought them in, I'm gonna take them out, I mean, I, I, are they going, uh, it sounds like Jake, I'm starving. I've heard Jake say that so many times around his mom and dad, I'm starving. I mean, I'm like, no, you're good, Jake. You're, gonna, you're, you're, you're good, you're good. And then my kids would do the same, um, we're not, are we going to eat, Dad? I, I, I just don't know, I don't know. And I'm like, dude, listen closely. You think I brought you all the way to Florida, sold a kidney to get into Disney World, and, and I'm not gonna feed you? Do you know how much it costs to get here? Do you know that I, that I, I waited two hours to ride a 90 second ride about Dumbo? Do you think I did that for myself? And yet you think, don't you see the very fact that I have you here is my commitment to you? Surely if God cares enough for us to send his own son to the cross to die for us, that we can trust him with like our, our finances and we can trust him with helping us raise our kids and helping us raise and transition grandparents and, and surely God with me, my feelings of feeling alone and my fear of this and my anxiety of this and my, 
surely, and God's like, dude, I didn't sell a, I didn't sell a kidney. I gave my life. I gave everything, my dearest, my best. And I did all, don't, the very fact that I got you here is my commitment to you. The very fact that, that you're in the room, there's breath in your body, there's, there's movement. In, the very fact, don't you know I'm not gonna let you starve. I'm gonna take care of you. I believe in you. I believe in it. And anxiety happens, listen closely, anxiety happens when we minimize how God feels about us. Anxiety goes up when we minimize how God feels about us. And really, anxiety is, um, for the Christian at least, is completely irrational. It's completely irrational. It means that you believe God can take you to heaven and take care of your eternity but can't handle the details of your day-to-day life. It's, it's irrational as a Christian to have anxiety. That, that's why he brings up the comparison and, and in the text that Macy read a few minutes ago, he brings up the comparison, Matthew chapter six and verse 32. He says, it's the Gentiles who worry. Now, let me, let me tell you this. The Gentiles are the ones who didn't believe in God. The Gentile is the ones that they were, in essence, the atheist of the day. They didn't believe in God. And he says, dude, it's, he's, Jesus talked to him. He said, it's not y'all. It's the, you're acting like a bunch of Gentiles. He said, your thinking is like a bunch of atheists. You're, you're, you're part of my kids. I believe you. But you're, you're thinking like an atheist. You, by contrast, have a heavenly daddy. You have a heavenly father who cares more about you than you care about your kids. I'm crazy about you. And so I want to give you another example. Say, say we're headed to lunch together. And we go, we're on our way to lunch together and, and, and we're driving and we have two people in our office that are really good about what I'm about to say and that is Alec and Scott Popek. They're on their way to the restaurant. They, Oh, I forgot my wallet. Y'all see my mean face? I forgot my... Now, Scott may have really forgot it, Alec. This is a game. He's played this before. I've been playing that since then. You know, so I forgot my wallet. So, so we're riding along, and, and, and so say, let's say Scott says... I don't, oh man, I don't have my, we're on the way. I'm still working through, through what I'm dealing with right now. We're on our way. And I turn around and I say, don't worry about it. Right? Isn't that what you would do? You're like, nope. <laughs> but you know, if I was in the car with you and we were on the way and and I said, oh, man, I'm so sorry. I forgot my wallet. You would say, don't worry about it. Now, the only way that's not a cruel joke is that you intend on taking care of it. But say we get to the restaurant. I order 
my meal, you order your meal, and we're sitting there, and I don't, I don't have my wallet, and you know that, and I know that, and I order my meal, and the ticket comes out. And when the ticket comes out, awkward. And I and 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 say 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 I'm saying with there with Scott. Scott don't have his money. And I and I and I, and I look and I go, well, that's an awkward thing for you, isn't it? Huh. Oh, everything was good and great while you're eating chicken wings, but that's awkward, isn't it? I don't, I don't say that. Say that. And he goes, Hey man, what what about the ticket? Oh that. <laughs> oh that. I'm glad glad you brought that up, man. I guess you're gonna have to wash dishes. <laughs> That's a cruel joke. Oh, I guess I guess you're gonna have to <laughs> I guess you're gonna have to wash dishes. Cause I don't you know. What do you mean, wash dishes? In the car, you said, don't worry about it. Oh, no, 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 no. That was just so you'd have peace while we were dining. <laughs> I didn't intend on taking care of it. I just wanted to, I didn't want you to worry about it the whole time. Jesus is saying, I don't want you to worry about this. From the birds to the to, the, to the, the hairs, all this stuff. I don't want you to worry about it. And Jesus is not getting there just to say, I'm giving you peace to make it sound good so it sounds like a good message for preachers to preach on Sunday about peace. That's not why I'm doing this. I'm doing this. The only way it's not a cruel joke is if in Jesus intends on taking care of what I am struggling with. Come on, people. That's the only way it's not a cruel joke. If Jesus is going to leave me hanging, if Jesus is not going to cover the cost, then it's a wickedly cruel joke. But when Jesus steps in in the moment when I can't make up the difference and he makes up the difference, that, my friends, is peace that passeth all understanding. When I'm sitting at the meal knowing my daddy is a multi-multi-billionaire and he owns the cattle on a thousand hills, he's got this. Bring out the ticket. Bring out the issue. Bring out the struggle. Bring out the issue in my marriage. Bring out the issue in my finances. Bring it on out because he's got the ticket. He's got the ticket. He's got the ticket. And so Philippians 4, 6 really, really lays this out. He says, be anxious for, come on, what? Be anxious for nothing but in in prayer and with let your request be made known to God and the peace of God which surpasses all of our understanding. Well, well look at here, look at here. We'll guard your heart. Man, that's your heart. He said, I'll guard your heart and your minds in Christ. Key words here is with thanksgiving. Give thanks as you pray that God has got it. The kind of prayer that Paul is talking about here is this, the prayer that you literally come in and you are laying it down before the feet of the Lord and you're stepping up and saying, Lord, thank you, thank you for taking this. Thank you for handling this. Now, Lord, when I get up from this, 
I'm not going to take this with me, and I really thank you for this because I couldn't handle it on my own, and I want to really thank you and praise you and magnify you because you've taken care of it when I didn't have my wallet. When I was had my wallet, but there wasn't anything else left in it. I didn't have anything else to give, Lord. I was one step from moving from a little worry to an anxiety to, to all kind of heavy breathing and struggling. And uh, Lord, I was one step, but thank you that I can leave it here. I thank you. And he says, you're welcome, son. And when you step up and you walk away from that, that is peace that passeth all understanding. That's it. It's still over there, and I'm over here. And so I'm going to give. I'm going to. I'm going to try to help you with this. And so I want you to do something called. I'm going to call the 15 minute strategy. And so this is really relative. It's really putting some wheels on this and making it easy. So this is what I want you to remember. It's 15 minute strategy. So this is the first thing I want you to do is that something comes to you in tension and struggle and worry and, and you're feeling tense and feeling anxiety. And the first thing that I want you to do is I want you, so you're in the middle of your day, something approaches you, something makes you feel tense, something gives no warning, boom, it nailed you. Boom, it, it took you over. There was, a, there was something that was said. There was something said by a boss. There was something said by a child or a parent or, or a, a Christian leader. I mean, whatever. There was something that was said boom and it's in the middle of my day and I don't have time to deal with this right now and I've got another meeting to go to and I'm struggling is that the real world oh my god this is what I want you to do I want you to punt it boom 15 minute strategy okay I want you to punt it this is what I want you to do I want you to punt it to a goal and the goal that I want you to punt it to is your time in prayer I've had to act this out trust me there's times I get busted not every week thank God but every, sometimes I've gotten busted tension, stress, and something want to hit me. Like 10 minutes before it's time for me to preach. I can't deal with it right now. I can't have a prayer meeting about it right then. And so I've got to start doing this. Boom. Boom. Now some of us, this is the problem with us. It's 10 days later and we're still punting. Boom. 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 Whoop, I didn't make that goal. Boom. And we're still doing that 10 days later. And that turns in and bleeds into all kind of things. But this is what I want you to do. The first thing I want you to do is I want you to punt it to a prayer. In other words, if I can just get to a time of prayer. And then when you get to your time of prayer, I want you to have 15 minutes where you worry out loud with Jesus. I want you to tell him all about your troubles. Come on, that's what we used to say, right? I want to tell him all about our troubles. Pastor, he's too busy for that. No, 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 he's waiting on He's your daddy. See, you're minimizing how much God thinks about you. I want you to punt it down, and then I want you to get in a time of prayer. Oh, Lord, I've been waiting for this. I've been needing to tell you about this. This happened to me at 2 o'clock today, and I needed to tell you about this. This is my moment. And you start worrying out loud with Jesus. But don't leave that 15 minutes of prayer still walking out the door worrying about it. I want you to have left it there and the next thing I want you to do before you leave is as you're signing out on your 15 minutes, I want you to declare victory. And I'll give you a statement here to declare victory and I want you to read it with me. You ready? Here we go. One, two, three, out loud. You ready? One, two, three. I trust you with this because you commanded me to cast these burdens on you and I thank you for answering them. Is that fair? You got this. You can do this. Take a picture of this. 
Some of you go, I remember this. I, I remember. No, you won't. Take a picture of it. Because you're going to need this. Because your head's going to be cloudy with tension. You're going to be, your, your, your blood pressure's going to be up. And you're going, what did he say? What did he say? You're going to get tense about not remembering what I said. Look at this. Punt it till prayer. Worry out loud with Jesus. And you're 15 minutes with you get to, worry out loud. Tell Jesus all about your troubles. And then declare victory. Speak it in the name of Jesus. I'm walking out here. I'm praising out here. I'm thinking out of here. God has got this under control. I trust you with this. The third thing I want to talk about is anxiety is a false prophet. Anxiety is a false prophet. It offers you false solutions. It offers you, it makes false promises and it offers false predictions. Let me give you an example. Anxiety says things like this. Hey, listen, listen, listen. Worrying about all this stuff makes me feel a little better. It helps you out. It helps you out to worry about this stuff. It's going to help the situation. Now, I want you to devote some energy and some anxiety and I'm going to do whatever I can to help you so you don't worry about it. I want you to just really worry about it. False prophet. False prophet. Jesus points out two problems with this idea. Verse 27, Matthew 6. Worrying doesn't actually change anything. Anxiety is a false prophet. That's not telling you the truth. Oh, I just really... I've talked to people and you see it on their face. And, and I'm going, have anxiety. Pastor, okay, okay. I got to worry about it. I have anxiety. I'm going, let's calm down. No, you don't, you don't understand. I'm helping the situation. No. It's not changing anything. There's only one thing that's changing your health. One doctor said 75% of all doctor's visits are stress or anxiety related. Dr. Charles Mayo of the Mayo Clinic says, worry affects the circulation, the heart, the glands, and the entire nervous system. Some of y'all, that's the only cardio you're getting. <laughs> you're like, I'm in a full workout, and your body thinks that. Your blood pressure's up like you're working out, but it's not the same as you working out. It's killing you. It's destroying you. And in the Old Testament, you know what they did to false prophets? They stoned them. And what you need to do is you need to stone the false prophet that's speaking in your life that anxiety is gonna fix this and worry's gonna fix this. You need to get some stones out and you need to destroy every time that thought comes up, nail it with the word of God. Memorize two or three scriptures and every time it pops up in your mind, shabam, I'm gonna kill that false prophet with a stone of the word of God. Somebody give the Lord some love today. Can you do that? Number two, second, Jesus says anxiety is a false prophet because... The vast, the vast majority of things we worry about never even take place in the first place. 
Am I telling the truth? Come on. I've heard it's described as I'm paying interest on a debt that I might not even owe. Or like hearing, have y'all ever, have y'all, have y'all ever watched a movie and somebody told you, oh, that movie's a little scary. I'm not talking about those really weird ones that y'all watch. <laughs> but it's not a little, and, and in the middle of the movie, they change the music. And it's like two people sitting down by the lake and everything's going good. Oh, you're so cute. You're so sweet. And all of a sudden, you know, whatever. I don't have the right tune, but you get it. You, I saw somebody start getting tension right there. That music, it, the music changes. It's the threatening music. We're in a peaceful moment. And you're going, oh, something about to go down right here. Something about to come out of that lake. Something about, to, something about to happen right here because the threatening music changed even in the moment of peace. There's some threatening music playing in your heart. And the threatening music is changing your blood pressure and everything and you're standing in a moment that hadn't even happened. You're by peaceful waters. God's with you. His presence is with you. All of Psalms 23 is right there. You're in that moment. And the enemy says, let me slip them some music, man. It gets them every time. Boom. And I don't know what your sound's like, if it's ACDC or whatever it is. I don't know. But he slips you some music. Oh, God. And God said, son, I've got you by still waters. I was here restoring your soul. Something happened to me a few years ago, and I really, there's a book that I read that brought out this point that I'm about to tell you that was so powerful. And it was this. Man, this is so good. And this hit, really hit me and spoke to me. This was a couple years ago when we read this point. I was listening to, I was actually working out in the yard, listening to a book on audio when this statement came, and I was like, oh, my God, I got to stop. I, that just spoke to me. And, and I'm going to kind of typify it with where I'm at in this deal right here. I was standing by still waters. And I was so, I'm, 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 I'm visualizing what was being said, okay? It's not exactly the way they said it, okay? But I'm, I was standing by smooth waters, and I was enjoying the moment. But sometimes, and this is this where it hit me, sometimes in my most sweetest moments is when anxiety would hit. Because I started thinking, this is too good to be true. This moment with my family or this moment on a vacation and I'd start to go in, oh God, I hope, hope nothing bad happens on this vacation. And I'd get lost in the moment. And watch this. I'd start trying to worry so I wouldn't be vulnerable in the moment. Because if I can, st 
listen to this. This is how my mind was working. Maybe this will help you. I was storing up enough worry to try to fix the moment when something would happen. And if I had enough worry there, it was going to pay the debt when I become vulnerable. Anxiety is a false prophet. And what's happening, boy, I'm preaching to you right now, and what's happening is the devil is stealing your joy in the moment by the stillness of the water. He's stealing your joy thinking that if I can think out everything that would happen with my family, my life, my finances, if I think about every single part of it, but what I found out is there, you can't think of enough different contingencies in the situation to fix it and pay the debt. I've been with families who have lost loved ones. Been there in their moment. There is nothing that they could have done the year before, two years before, to worry enough about that moment to have paid the debt of what they were feeling there. But I'll tell you this. When you get there, if you get there, God's going to be with you there. You don't have to pay the debt and let the enemy steal all of your moments of joy and peace and blessing because he'll, he'll steal every moment that he can. They're, 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 he's got Christians living in a tizzy and we can't have peace and we can't have joy because we're thinking about what could happen. I mean, 99% of the things we're thinking in that moment never even happen. But I'll tell you, if they do happen, if anything does happen, it's probably not even gonna be what you initially thought in the first place. But if something does happen in life, I promise you, in that moment, God's going to be there. And so beautiful. And so I have started... I've started, and I'm just telling you, me, I've started in those moments when I feel, oh, what could happen? You know, my son and daughter-in-law drove, you know, Wednesday night all night long to Alabama. As a parent, the first thing I'm thinking is, oh, God, oh, oh, I'm gonna stay up all night, I'm gonna worry about it. Then I had to just go, wait a minute, wait a minute, I'm gonna go to bed. I know they're young, they think they're invincible. I'm preaching to y'all right now. And, 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 but, but I'm gonna go to bed. I, it's not gonna do me a bit of good. I can't drive the car for them. I, I, I'm, if something does happen, God's gonna be there to meet me. But I'll just tell you this, it's, and you know what? They're back this morning and all is well. And sometimes those things don't happen just that way. But I will tell you this, we are worrying and losing the joy of our peace and our sleep and the blessings of God because the enemy is still in the way. And God's saying, listen, lay it at my feet. Go to sleep. I got this. And so look how Jesus says it in verse 34. Therefore, don't worry about tomorrow because each day will have trouble of its own. You're going, that's what I'm talking about right there. See, he, he, he said, you're going to have trouble. You missed the first part. He said, don't worry about it. Because everybody has trouble. But don't worry about it because I'm going to be there with you. I'm going to be there to strengthen you in whatever happens. But you can't stockpile enough worry that we're not vulnerable tomorrow. That's foolishness. So I have had to work on that, and I'm, I feel like I'm doing so much better with that, and I'm trying to be honest with you trying to show you issues as a human, as a man that I've had to deal with. So I can have peace in that and move forward and not have anxiety. 
Bible says in the last days of men's hearts will fail them for fail them for fear. That's what I'm talking about. He's got people in a tizzy. And I like to tell you it's just people not in the not in the church. But the people in the church are acting like a bunch of atheists and Gentiles. And he is talking and addressing it. What if I get robbed? <laughs> well, have you gotten robbed? No. But what if I get robbed? Well, what if I lose my job? Did you lose your job? No. But it just helps me a lot to worry about it. Well, how are things going at work? They're just going too good. I got a raise last week. Oh, really? But you know how that works. Raises usually come when they, they're looking at you. What if my 401k crashes right before I retire? Oh. What if I get cancer? What if I get cancer? What if? What if? If you don't quit worrying about it, you're going to have some diseases hit you. Give it to God. If you get cancer, guess what? He's going to walk with you every, every day. And from what I've heard with people who have cancer, they found to know God more in that moment than they ever felt in their life. Do I want cancer? Absolutely not. Do I want the 401 to cancer? No. Do I want to lose my job? No. But I can't spend my life worrying about what hasn't happened. He said this. He said, I want you to pray every day. And this is what I want you to pray. I want you to pray every day that God's going to give you daily bread. Not bread 15 for 15 days from now. 15, daily bread for today. For today. For today. You can't prepare for tomorrow's situation. God is going to deal, be there to deal with all of the contingencies. He's going to be there to deal with it. You don't even have to figure them out before you get there. So listen to this. He's like, all right, son. Listen, Andrew, I'm going to talk and pick on Andrew. You're worried about X, Y, and Z. And it's never going to happen. What is going to happen is D, E, and F. But while you're over there worrying about X, Y, and Z, you're losing the joy to know that he's an A to Z God. He's a God that knows from the end, beginning to the end, a God who's there with you from alpha to O. Mega, he's there with you the whole deal. And while you're worried about something that will never happen, he said, you, you're spending all your time worrying about the 99% of things that are gonna happen, but this is the one thing that might happen, but you're wasting, you're destroying your life. And what I need you to do is cast your cares on me. Why? Because I care for you. I love you. Charles Spurgeon said it this way. Charles Spurgeon said this, and this is so powerful. You ought to take a picture of this. It says, anxiety does not empty tomorrow of its sorrows, but only empties today of its strength. People, that's, that's brilliant. That's brilliant. You know what I want you to do right now? I want you, to, you, you, I want you just to look up to the heavens, look up to where, however you connect with your God, and I want you to just say, Lord, I forgot my wallet. Would you say that? 
Just don't, just, Lord, I forgot my wallet. I forgot my wallet. And he's looking back at you saying, I got this. I got this. This is not a cruel joke. I know you don't have what it takes to get you through to tomorrow. But because I live, I'm going to help you and take care of your tomorrow and your future. He knows you're missing things that you need, but he's the thing that you're missing. And you've got him. He wants to take care of your tomorrows. Amen? Amen. What a beautiful presence of the Lord is here right now. Beautiful presence of the Lord. There's been people in this room that have dealt with unbelievable things in their life. And I've watched them go through it with, and, and, and even in the moments of pain and struggle, the peace and the presence of God go with them through that moment. Still hurt, still pain, but he carried them through that moment. But I've also watched people that have never hardly even had anything bad happen to them live in so much tension and struggle. And it's not fair for us to worship God from week to week to week to week and act like this is not the elephant in the room. There's fear and anxiety stealing away. I can peace, preach on peace and joy all I want to, but if you're covered up in anxiety, we've got to stop. You know what? And one of the things we do is just stop and become vulnerable in our moment. Vulnerable with God. God, I'm vulnerable right here. You, you got me right here. I'm vulnerable to you. And true praise and worship is when I'm open, when I feel the Spirit of the Lord so strong. When I'm open and I'm vulnerable to the Lord, and he says, in your vulnerability, I'm going to hold you, and I'm going to touch you, and I'm going to love you, and I'm going to give you a peace that you can't even imagine. But I need you to trust me that I, my arms, my hand is not short. I got this. I've got you in the palm of my hand. Your name is in the palm of my hand. Nothing can take you out of my palm. Nothing can get you out of the, I've got you. There's, there's Bible for that. He's got you. He's got you. And I speak peace in Jesus' name. Heavenly Father, I come this day. God, we've done the best we can to, to deliver the word of the Lord, to amplify the word of the Lord that people can hear and understand it. But to be quite honest with you, Lord, when they leave out of this room, I need the God who promised us to walk with us every step of the day Walk with us through all of our awkward moments in our life. I need you to go with them. I need them to invite you to go with them. Invite you to step into their life and go with them, Lord. Go with them. Go with them through their moments and their struggles. And God, if there be anyone here today that is wrestling with anxiety in this current moment, I come against that false prophet that is speaking to them lies, things that are not right, and I come against that through the power of the name of Jesus that is in my life. I speak in the name of Jesus. That demon that, of anxiety has got to go. That worry and that anxiety that is destroying the God of peace in my life has got to go. And the church, say it in Jesus' name. Jesus. Come on, say it in Jesus' name. Jesus. Amen, 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 amen. Y'all want to just end this by giving the Lord a big old hand clap of praise. He's a good God, good Savior. What a Savior. What a Savior. What a Savior. Thank you for being here today. God richly bless you. Have a blessed week, and may the God of peace go with you.